Hello, everyone. Welcome to Imperfect Action with Brock Edwards. And I am here today with Dave Conley. Really excited to have Dave. Uh, Dave, why don't we just jump in right here and introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Thank you, Brock. Um, I'm Dave, Dave Conley. And what I do is I introduce successful people to themselves. I help you align health and happiness with significant achievement. All right. So su- introduce successful people to themselves. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, think of your life uh, like concentric circles. At the very, very center is you. The, all of the things that make you up, your mind, your body, your spirit. And then right outside of that concentric circle is your major relationships, your kids, your significant other. Outside of that, your vocation, what you do, how you trade your time for for money, and then your community, and then your legacy at large. The people that I work with, and it turns out that this is a lot of people, in fact, even most people, and it was people like me, that we spend most of our time in our jobs because we're told to. We're saying, you know, nobody's saying don't work. People are saying, okay, go and work and go provide for your family and go make, and you're rewarded to do it. And I was in that boat. I spent all of my time at my war, on my job. And, and then I felt guilty about not spending time with my family. And I took away from the one space where I had agency, the one place where I had control, which was myself. And that's what I do is I help people who spend all of their time on their vocation and they have these big responsibilities and these big jobs and they're wondering why they're not feeling right. They're wondering why something's off. They're wondering what's next in their lives and they're, and they want to bring so much more to their jobs, which aren't, aren't going anywhere. And they want to bring so much more to the vocations and to their, to their uh, families, but they're not sure what's wrong. And it turns out that it's themselves. And so bringing people and introducing them back to themselves, how they can bring so much more to their family and so much more to their work. So what's a, so so many questions come out of there. I'm kind of stumbling over myself there. But, <laughs> you know, so what what is a typical person that you work with like? I mean, is there a, a typical demographic or just anyone who's really looking to kind of, well, I discover who they are or discover um, how how to have their best life? I'm probably putting words in your mouth here, but there i there is a segment of my my uh my clients that are people who want to up level their lives it's like okay i've i've reached this level of success i've reached this area where everything's good enough and like how do i get to great you know it's like this is pretty good like how do i how do i get to the end of this life and really mic drop it like wow i have no regrets on this one thank you you know i i can help those people and i do work with those people well that's uh if i can jump in there dave i mean I- that strikes me as being a dangerous place when you're in that, you know, good enough spot. Right. You know, there, there's not enough pain to change and yet you feel okay. So there's not really the allure of that next level. It's just, you're, you're comfortable. Totally. Uh, and that's a comfortable, safe place to be. And it's, 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 a remarkable how people will keep on doing exactly what they, they keep on doing. They will stick with good enough because it's safe and that's where they're comfortable. So what happens in their lives when they get to great? I mean, what's the reward for moving out of that? Hey, I'm pretty comfortable right here because that takes effort. Totally takes effort. So what's the reward? 
getting everything you want. Well, that's kind of a big reward. Isn't that um, a that, big that, reward? Really living I mean, limitlessly. That sounds pretty good. I like so, that, right? <laughs> yeah. So come along. Come along on my crazy ride. <laughs> so what tends to uh, what, what tends to to block people? So you know they're they're feeling you know life's good enough, but they know there's something more out there for them. Um, maybe they were in a situation like like you were, where you're working a lot and just you know not feeling fully fulfilled. What what what's that first step? So the first step is, honestly, the first step is understanding what you want. Like, what do you actually want? And this is, this is one of the shocking questions when I, when I approach someone new, um, because it's not one that is often asked of people. Um, and this is the one question that has, has broken people down. Like I'll ask this one question and some people will just start crying. It's happened more than once to me. And it is the simple, well, what? what would you like? Like, really, what would you like? And that turns out to be an incredibly powerful question for people because you're not asked that that often. I mean, other than like sitting down at a restaurant, hey, what would you like? (laughs) But when somebody just like sits you down and looks you in the face and really listens to you and says, hey, what would you like? It's like, hmm, that breaks people open. hmm. So, so, So they're at a point where they, they know what they don't want. Always. Everyone always knows what they don't want. <laughs> okay. So, so here, here's what I need to leave behind, but then you, that, then you ask him the question, okay, well, where do you want to go? And then there's a barrier there. Well, so we dig in this to a little bit more, right? So it's not just like, what would you like? It's like, okay, cool. And it's like, well, okay. So that's what you'd like. Great. Um, so what will having that do for you? I'm like, huh? Okay. That makes you think a little bit. It's like, okay, well, I want this, but what's it going to do for me? Like, why? Why do I want to do that? And then you ask that a few more times. It's like, it's like, okay, what's that going to do for you? What's that going to do for you? Oh, well, and there's some other things to it. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning, which is like, have some agency around it, right? Like, um, uh, you'll, you'll get the, like, I really want the best for my kids. I'm like, cool. And that's really about your kids having the best experience. How, what is it about you that you want? What are the things that you want? It's like, I, I want to be the best person for my kids. Ah, that is something we can really kind of hang our hats on. It's like, great, because you have all of the agency over that. You can do something about that. So what will having that do for you? And then, then the third one just like really, really is like, <laughs> again, probably my favorite, which is like, hmm, well, how will you know when you have it? I'm like, oh, okay. So what do you want? What will it do for you? And like, well, how will you know when you have it? I'm like that, you start stringing these things together and suddenly you start building a little bit of a constellation of like, what is it? The belief systems around someone, because the thing that stops people more than anything else are the things that they believe. Belief is one of the biggest things that stops us over and over and over again. All right. So God, tell me more about that. So, you know, so, <laughs> I, yeah. so and, 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 I, and I like where this is going because uh, I, I, I like to think in terms of identity and identity is so powerful. And that is just one of the many beliefs that we can have. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I, I've seen I've seen amazing change and I've in my own life, I've seen myself get stuck because of, you know, what I believe about who I am. Yes, it, it, precisely. So so. 
how do you how do you dig into that then? Well, I mean, because you know, when you're stuck in your own way, it's really hard to see that you're the one stuck in your own way. <laughs> like this, this, <laughs> this, this, this deep belief you're saying. Well, yeah, maybe if you gave that up, you could move, um, or maybe there's a different belief. Um, that's kind of yeah. a big ask. <laughs> that is a big ask, and that's the thing is is that um, a change happens at all sorts of different levels. So, at the very very highest level of human existence, it's your identity, right? Like changing your identity. It's whoever's wearing the, you know, the I am t-shirt at any given point. It's like, I am this. So that's your identity, right? Uh, that's very core sense of who you are, your, your being. Right underneath that are your beliefs and beliefs are super malleable. You know, it, I, some people, it, some of them are like more entrenched than others. And some of them are pretty like, pretty like, they flow like water. Like when I was a kid, I believed I was going to be a firefighter, right? Um, one of the beliefs that comes up over and over again for people that I work with is I believe it's hard to make money. I'm like, huh? Okay. Well, you know what? I, I, the way the universe works for me is that my beliefs tend to like, I tend to attract that. Like I create it, right? Like it's like whatever I'm believing just sort of starts happening around me because of who I am, right? Uh, it's just, it's like if I believe, and I believe for a long time that it was hard to make money, the universe around me was had a wicked sense of humor and it was like, okay, bing, it's now hard to make money. I'm like, oh, okay, let's let's flip this frown upside down. And it's like, okay, what is it that I believe about money? What are the things that I can do about money? What does money mean for me? What are my intrinsic beliefs about money? What can money do for me? It's just a tool, right? So once you start like taking some of the emotion out of money, what is the magic that can happen of that? So that's beliefs. And those are tricky. They're 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 no kidding. Um Underneath beliefs are our behaviors, and these are the things that we just do, do, uh, do day in and day out. Um, underneath behaviors are habits. Those are the things that we do regardless of our behaviors. And uh, habits, right underneath the beha- habits are our, um, um, our environment. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, our um, uh, yes, our environment. So you can make changes in your environment that changes your habits. So changes in your environment are things like, uh, you know, you make it, make it warmer in the room, you make it colder in the room. Those will cause change, right? So these are all the different layers of change that you can go in. And the thing is, is that if you make changes in small areas in all of those areas and some of those areas, they will bubble and percolate in all of the different areas. So just an environmental change, um, anything from, Here's a big environmental change that has like a massive change in your identity, massive change in your beliefs, moving a city, selling your home. You're, you're, there is so much of your identity wrapped up in where you live. Just going through the process of selling or moving and all that stuff is a massive change to your identity. So those are the big examples, but think about all of the small ways that you do that every day. There are small changes. The person who you are today is probably unrecognizable to the person that was six months ago or six years ago or 16 years ago, unrecognizable. But you got through there with a lot of little changes, not with big wholesale changes. So you're making these changes every single day. It's a question of whether you're not you're conscious about that or you're just being meandering about it. So if I understand this right, Dave, this actually 
flows both ways. So like if I change my beliefs, that's going to change my habits and my environment. But if I change my environment, that flows up to also start changing my habits, which has an impact on my beliefs and so forth. Exactly. Okay. Changes in one areas of your life affects other areas of your life. Well, what's the, and and maybe there's no answer for this because maybe there's a lot of different answers for this, but what's the, what's the, what's the best first change? Like regardless of what you're wanting to accomplish in your life, is there, Hey, do this first or is it very situation specific? Best first change. I, I love this. And it's something that I work on with my clients actually first. Um, the first thing is understanding that you have some control over things and, um, it starts really, really simply. Um, because I work first with my clients on health and wellness, because the kind of changes that you want to make, the big changes that you uh, have and you want to have in your life, they are mostly irrelevant or difficult or almost impossible to do if your health and wellness is off. So you really have to have your health and wellness straight for my clients before they start making big, big changes in their lives. Um, and so I, I, I start really simply with one thing, and that is drinking water. And it was really surprising to me how that simple act of like consciously drinking water turns out to be kind of a big deal because it's a small piece of self-care. I'm like, well, yeah, I drink water and that's great. It was like, okay, let's be really conscious about it. So we start very simply with like, let's make this small change of like ensuring that you're drinking water and being accountable for drinking water. It sounds almost silly coming out of my mouth now, but I start every single one of my clients with something simple like that because it builds. It's the small changes. And then we go on and we evaluate their food, their exercise, their movement, their um, meditative practices, their spiritual practices, all of the different pieces and components that make up the human being. So that as they start settling in who they are and being reintroduced back to them, that they can start making other changes, both in their relationships, in their vocation, in their community, and ultimately for their legacy at large. Uh, that, that's interesting. I, I'm fascinated with, and I don't really have a term for it, like cascading changes where one little change empowers and leads to several other changes just kind of automatically, um, which may or may not be what, what you're getting at there, but you know, just the small change totally. building into other changes. I mean, how many times have you like, Oh, you know, today I'm going to do, I'm going to make this massive change in my diet or my behavior. Or I'm going to learn how to do this. It's like, you know, n nobody, um, uh, you need opportunities to fail in small ways so that you can learn how to make big changes uh, over time. Because if you just try and like dive in and do the monstrous change all at once, then it turns out that um, <laughs> you're not going to make those incremental changes that make the real changes in your life. The big monstrous changes are the ones that often happen to you, not the ones that actually happen because you want them to happen. The monstrous changes that happen to you are the jobs you get fired from, the, um, the, the important person in your life that you, uh, you lose, uh, you, you, you lose, uh, the, uh, the sickness that you get. These are things that happen to you. Those are big, monstrous changes. Let's talk about consciously making changes for you so that you can get the things that you want in your life. So is there a type of person or a, a personality is, is 
Are, are there people who are, I, well, I, I know there are people who are more successful with creating change in lives than others, but is there a common characteristic about them? God, what a great question. Um, you know, the people that, uh, that tend to seek me out and the people that are most successful with me are the ones that are just intensely curious. Uh, they're, they're, they're just going to be curious. They're the, they're, they're folks that they can just get lost on the internet for hours. They're, they're folks that just like get lost in other people. They're people that just like, hmm, are just curious about what's next, what could be, what might be. Maybe it's a little bit of a dreamer. Maybe it's a little bit of an explorer, but they have a certain amount of, um, achievability. Like there's, the the people that i often start with they start in this world where they where they feel like they can't they won't and they don't they have built this cage of their own making and we go through a process together to build that into a can will and do and realize that that cage is one of your own making but the thing that sets every single one of those people apart regardless of their cage is that they're curious enough to find out. They may be fearful. They may be trepidatious, but that's okay. It's because I'm a coach and I bring those people along. But they do have a curiosity about what could be. That's what brings them to me. Hmm. Now, now, one of the things I know you talk about is uh, radical self-care, uh, which is an, it's an interesting phrase. Well, what does that mean? Hmm. So... Um, uh, a few years ago, I was um, a senior executive. I had hundreds of people working for me, billion-dollar budget, um, and I was absolutely miserable. Um, I, uh, in that job I hated, I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day, uh, and I weighed 330 pounds. And the one thing that uh, brought me real joy was uh, my beautiful wife, Carol, We'd, um, we got married four months after we'd met. It was so, um, spontaneous. We didn't even tell our families for six months. Uh, (laughs) And here we were 13 years later, she was still my favorite person. Um, and one day she caught a cold and she was just out on the couch, which was really weird because Carol was one of those people that even when she was a little under the weather, she was still moving just a little bit slower. But I got back from that job I hated and she was still on the couch and I called the doctor and they said, Hey, you know, get her to the hospital. I'm like, okay. So we got her to the hospital and the doctors there were concerned enough to say, Hey, let's, let's keep her in the hospital overnight. I'm like, oh, great. And I fell asleep uh, in the hospital bed beside her. And I woke up to alarms going off and then brushing her gurney down the hallway. And she had a stroke. Um, and a few days later, I had to turn off the life support. And this was one of those life moments where it happens to you, right? I didn't have any choice. It happened. My entire life, my entire future shifted within a few hours. 
Yeah, that's brutal. I, I, so I so couldn't. What? I so I I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't work. Um, and there was this little part of my brain. Maybe it's that survival part of us, uh, that lizard brain that we all have, that said, "Okay, you got two choices here, Conley. You can live to see the sunrise, or you can die." And, oh, life is tenacious, tenacious. Uh, And I chose the sunrise. And I still couldn't work. I still couldn't eat. I still wasn't sleeping, but I could do one thing. And there's a theme here. I could drink some water. And that was just a little bit of self-care. And that, and, you know, I wasn't super successful every day, but I was mostly able to get some water. Um, and that built into, okay, I could get a little bit of food and that rolled into a little bit of movement. And before long, that big, heavy coat of grief and pain, you know, started to get a little bit lighter. It was step by step. It wasn't linear. It's not like it was a rocket ship back to, you know, humanity. It was like a little by little. And the thing was, is that all of the trappings of success, the high profile job, the big uh, title, the, the uh, big responsibility, those things didn't get me out of that grief and despair. It was a little bit of self-care. So the magical part about that was that then the changes started to happen in my life, the changes that I really wanted. Yes, I needed to kind of just get back on my feet, but I also, over the course of three years, I lost 150 pounds, I quit smoking, and I completely recareered. And I've now begun a journey of living this limitless life and helping other people do that because what I learned was that radical self-care really, really Paying attention to yourself first brings the most to everything else. I needed to learn to love myself as much as I loved Carol. Wow. Um, yeah, so so that's a, a little bit intense there, Dave. Um, <laughs> and, and, well, let's lighten this right up then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, you, you know, that that's... Um, fantastic's the wrong word, but you know, you you know, when your whole world drops out Mm -hmm. and, and like you say, you know, you've, you've got two choices and you know, there's a lot of people out there who want to quit their jobs. They want to start their own business. They, you know, they want to get back in shape. They want to quit smoking. And you've done all of that. Like, you know, (laughs) essentially at once. (laughs) I I know it took took a couple of years, but right. Um, but but essentially at once, you know, triggered by this horrific event that that you know kind of, kind of brought it to the okay, I've really got to figure this out. This what this isn't what we were talking about earlier. Like, hey, I'm comfortable. No. Oh, could yeah. be a little better. Um, right. You know, this is no. I I need to radically change my life. And yeah, exactly now, you know, a, a common theme, at least that, that that I hear people say, you know, and maybe this I just spend too much time on the internet or whatever reading comments, but it's like. <laughs> You know, like you hear, well, that's easy for you. You don't know my life, you know. Yeah. My situation's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, and I think most people, you know, there's always someone worse off out there, but most people would be hard pressed to come up against, you know, what you had to go through in, in terms of, of that change and what triggered it. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm not even sure I have a question at the end of that. Team. I mean, that, that's more okay, more just so how about this? observation. How about this? Uh, so that's a change that happened to me. And that is a change that happens to people every single day, right? That sure. something big happens to them. And and it I'm 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 far from unique. And you know what? I don't wish that on anyone. It sucked. Like it was awful. Uh just absolutely. And then I had to live with the idea that the worst thing that could have ever have happened to me turned out to be the very best thing that happened in my life. That's that's really kind of mind crazy uh, because I'm certain the way I was living, how I was smoking, how I was uh, eating, how miserable I was, I am certain, uh, 100% certain that I would be dead by now. Um, in fact, when I, when I turned 40 uh, or 39, uh, my doctor pulled, pulled me aside and he said, look, there's three things that get us all heart disease, cancer, and stroke. You know, that's, that's pretty much takes care of everyone. Um, and, uh, and it's not crazy for somebody in their forties to get one of those. And the difference between you and everyone else of normal weight is that, uh, if it doesn't kill you, uh, it will, uh, completely debilitate you for the rest of your life. Um, and that wasn't enough of a wake up call for me. But the thing is, yeah, people have these kind of like shocking, crazy moments and I see the Ted talks and I just want to shake my fist at them, which is like these people stand up and say, look, I've had this tragedy in my life. I've had this cancer. I wasn't supposed to live through uh, this, uh, this, uh, you know, I lost my dog. I lost my wife. I lost my cousin. I lost my grandparents, whatever. Right. Um, I've, I've had this, you know, and now I know the secrets of the universe. I'm like, God, no, 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 no. Remember what I did. I drank water. That's how I started. This was the greatest part. Everything I needed I already knew. I didn't learn anything new. I didn't, I, there wasn't like anything magical that happened to me. I wasn't like given some sort of manual of human life after my wife died. None of that happened. What happened was, is that I just got laser-like focused on living. And that living meant I had every resource that I needed to make the changes that I wanted to make. I just happened to be laser-like focused on it. And that's the, 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 the message to people is that if you're always looking for something to solve your stuff, you already have everything you need in order to make those changes. So that's a, a little bit of a conundrum there then, you know, so I, I know everything I need to know. Um, yep. In fact, you even mentioned it, and I don't think that's uncommon at all that, you know, your doctor pulls you aside. Someone in our life pulls us aside and says, Hey, this isn't headed any place. Good. Um, or we can even see it ourselves. And yet so often right. we, we, we don't, you know, we, we continue on, we, we keep going down that path. Um, totally. and, and so what I'm hearing from, from you, um, is that that difference is the, the focus that you're bringing to it. I brought the focus and, uh, you know, the, the, the focus definitely changed. I mean, I needed to change. I was forced into that situation. Um, and, uh, but, and now, you know, the work that I do and the work that I do with others and the work that I do on myself is that is understanding the underlying patterns as to the things that actually stops me. Uh, because if there's things that I want that I'm not doing, uh, you know, if, 
you know, really understanding what the underlying patterns and behaviors are, because the reason you keep on doing what you're doing is because that's the best option on your menu. Um, that's, that's it. So like if your menu, I, I think of it as a menu, right? So if your life options on a menu, I mean, go to, go to a restaurant today, look at it, try and pick the third worst option or the third best option on the, on the menu. You won't, you will pick the very best thing for you at any point. The thing is, if your menu only has one item on it, you're going to keep on picking that exact same one. So let's see if we can resource you and put you into a situation and put you into a place where you feel like you have more choice in the matter. And that's getting away from those can'ts, won'ts, and don'ts. I can't do this. I won't do this. I don't do this. It's like, okay, how can we move that around? How can we say, okay, there is a way to do this. So it's changing your feelings around your behaviors. That is something that actually moves people from wherever they are today to where they might want to be. Okay. So changing feelings. Um, yeah, I, I suspect there's a lot there we could actually dig into <laughs> around changing feelings. Um, but, but I actually want to shift gears just a little bit sure. here because you we've been it. talking about people, you know, like you and me who are, you know, we're already a few years into our life and, you know, we, we've had time to accumulate bad habits and, you know, things that didn't matter in our twenties, but, you know, now start showing up a few decades later. Um, you know, so what, what advice would you have for someone who's, you know, just graduating high school, getting into college, graduating college, you know, that late teens, early twenties, um, how can they best set themselves up for, for creating that really powerful life that they want when they, you know, I don't know that anyone at 18 knows what they want. (laughs) Right. Oh, wow. Uh, so like, what might I say to my younger self or no? Um, but I, what might I say to someone young? So like my nephew and niece, they're in their twenties. Um, and, uh, my, my, my niece just turned 20, uh, and my nephew just turned, uh, 20, 23. Um, and what is, they give me so much hope, uh, because, you know, like the things that they're already resourced with, uh, just blow my head off. You know, it's just like, oh my God, you know, like they have so much wisdom already. Um, and it's like, I it just, our future seems so much brighter when I talk to them. I'm like, oh my God, can't you, can, can you guys be in charge of like <laughs> politics and corp companies and things? Because, uh, you give me hope, mm-hmm. um, setting up, um, and the thing that, uh, that, uh, I see more and more often with those successful young people is, uh, the, the beauty of travel. And it's something that I got as a young child where, you know, my, how I grew up, uh, was, was tough and weird and strange. But the one thing that my parents did give me was a love and a gift of travel. And, um, and no matter what your means are, there's an ability to travel, uh, just to get out of your home and the space and wherever you are at any given point and just experiencing something else is so mind opening. Um, so just getting out of your space changes everything. And that goes to the very first thing that we talked about. It's like change your environment and that changes who you are. Mm. Nice. Nice. Well, Dave, um, it's been a great conversation. I, I've really enjoyed this. Obviously, we could spend a lot of hours digging in all, all, all around this stuff. <laughs> right? um, yeah. So 
you obviously, I mean, you, your journey started off with you helping you and that spread into you figuring out how you could help others. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the questions I, I often like to, to pose to my guests is how could the listeners help you? I mean, where, where are you stuck or what could, what could they do to help you move forward in your own life? Help me heal my guilt. So, so tell, tell us a lot more about that. <laughs> so I started my career in technology and my very first job was to get 32 million people on the internet for the very first time. Um, and that was as project manager for AOL. Unbelievable job. We changed the planet. Um, and back then, we were looking at the number of eyeballs on our service, the number of hours that people spent on it, uh, the, uh, the amount of, of money that they were spending online. This was 20 years ago that we were looking at this. So today, right here, right now, there are thousands of engineers and scientists working 24 hours a day to grab your attention because there's a one-for-one correlation between your attention, how much Twitter, Google, and Facebook can charge for advertising, and their stock price. The more that they have your attention, the richer that they get. I did my work 20 years ago. Imagine what it's like in 24-7 artificially intelligent social media crazy that it is today. So help me assuage my guilt because I was in the room when we created the attention bomb and I'm sorry. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a website just for your listeners. Uh, You can put it in your show notes and it's going to have uh, tips that you can do today to get more attention and more time back in your life. So, so attention bomb. I love that. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's sorry. <laughs> it so describes the the explosion of things to uh, distract us. Um, well, that's that's very cool, and yeah, we will definitely get that in the show notes. And and Dave, if people want to reach out to you, find out more about you, contact you, say hi, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Come to my website. Um, come to the link uh, uh, on your show notes, and uh, just uh, type in "limitless" into your uh, browser. It's a little bit funny because I'm a little bit funny. It's l i m i t l dot e s. So it's limitless without the last S and there's no .com, not .org. It's L-I-M-I-T-L dot E-S. Outstanding. All right. Well, thank you much, Dave. Thank you, Brock. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thank you for listening to Imperfect Action today. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was. What, what are you going to take from the show and put into action in your life right now today to help you move forward? Hit me up in the comments or on Twitter. I'm dying to hear how is this show helping you to move forward? Now, one of the things I want to mention was that today's episode was brought to you by Nutrafit. Now, I tried Nutrafit's whey protein supplement after meeting the founder and hearing about his journey and his commitment to quality. I like to support up and coming businesses, so I gave it a try and I was really amazed at it. Now, I've had a lot of different protein drinks, but what made Nutrafit different is, one, that it mixes immediately, and also that the chocolate flavor actually tasted like chocolate. You know, so often they taste that like some kind of chemical engineering science project rather than just like food. And 
On top of that, NutraFit has no artificial sweeteners, colors, or preservatives. Plus, it includes probiotics, and I find it to be easy on the stomach. Now, the true taste test of it all is that my teenage daughter even likes it. She often has a shaker cup in the morning just on, on her way to school. Now, there are a lot of supplement brands on the market, but I do want to mention that NutraFit happens to be my personal favorite. And as a listener of Imperfect Action, you get 15% off of any order. When you're at checkout, after you've picked out your products, just use the code TAKEACTION. And that's written as one word, just take action at checkout. Now, my personal favorite, and I'm not trying to influence you here, but is the double chocolate whey protein. And you can order right on Nutrifit's website. That's N-U-T-R-I-F-I-T-T. There's two T's in there. So Nutrifit.net. And let me know what you think. <laughs> 